Hello, welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Horizon Church in Allentown, Pennsylvania. We want to help people connect with God and connect with each other. If you'd like to know more about us, you can go to our website at horizonconnect.org. Enjoy. To grab your Bibles this morning, um, whether you are here, if you are a person that, uh, if you look on your phone, grab your phones. Um, I, I can just guarantee you that what we're going to do is go usually a whole lot more meaningful if you follow along, because we are really going to spend a whole lot of time actually looking at Scripture. Before we actually begin, I need to read from you a chapter of the Bible. We're going to always be in Genesis the whole morning. We're going to be looking at Genesis. So first book of the Bible is very easy. I do not have slides for this. So I do want you to either follow along Genesis chapter 3, and I decided to do this because we're going to be talking about this chapter, but I will not have time to read it later. So I'm going to read the whole chapter, Genesis chapter 3, and then just keep your Bible open. And when we talk about it later in the message, there will be slides. Finally, I Genesis chapter 3, uh, the serpent, this. now this is, this is a story I, I of what we call the fall. Uh, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he, the serpent, asked the woman, Eve, a person uh, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? That of course we may eat the fruit like from the trees in the garden, time, woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God uh, said you must not eat it or even touch it, or if you do, you will die. I actually helped carry it in. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. On. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon this, as you eat this it, year, and you will be like I God, knowing both good and evil. I, I won't tell you well, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was, was beautiful and its fruit um, looked delicious, that and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it, and she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened. So and they suddenly felt shame you. at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. That I'm going to read is from Paul. When the cool evening and breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Every Bible scholar there is so they hid from the Lord God the among the trees, and the Lord God called church. to them, Where are you? Now you need to know that Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. I don't think there's a single author of Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not? Said, hey, over the next couple months, the man replied, it was the woman you gave me who, the woman you gave me, who gave me the fruit read, and I ate it. The uh, Lord God asked the woman, what have you probably done? In house the serpent deceived me, she replied, that's why right I ate now, it. So many of us are meeting then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you are probably uh, this more than all animals, domestic and wild, you will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and, and her offspring. He Lydia's will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Acts chapter 16. Then he said to the woman, uh, uh, I will sharpen you like. your pain meeting in that house of your that pregnancy day, and in pain you will give birth. And her you will desire to control uh, your husband, but he will rule over you. Maybe um, and to the man, he says, since you've listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed was a young because slave of you. Girl All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles in your you. life. 
though you will Almost eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow will uh, you have food uh, to eat until you return to the ground uh, from which you were made, where you were made from dust, and, and probably dust you will one return. of those Romans was the Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother, mother of all who live. And, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his and wife. There were others that, uh, then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. Church, what if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it, then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had Somebody After sending them out, the Lord house, God stationed mighty said, cherubim to the east of the Garden Paul, of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth well, to guard the way to the tree of life. From that letter. Rome, Philippians chapter 1. Well, keep your Bibles open, you and uh, there's a lot of stuff we're going to look at, of, uh, but I want to pray before we, before we dive in. I'm actually going to add three words. God, thanks for your word. I thank you for this story, it will be this the account. first three words. God, it's... Um, because this, this is, is such what a I significant moment in the history of your relationship with your creation. Dear Horizon Church, I pray God you'll help us to gain some understanding. Every and time I pray I that as we come you. to understand that you'll help us I give uh, thanks to my God. be transformed, to become more and more like the people Whenever you want I us pray, to be. I make my request. Pray as is always the case, God, that all if of you I have failed to understand this and as a result say something that's not true. I pray, God, that you will in spreading the good keep news every about one here from being influenced the time you first heard it until now. But, God, everything that's true, I, I am certain that God, who began ask, the good work trust within you, will continue his you work. Will, through your spirit, invade who we are from our head to our toes, inside Christ and out. Returns. And you'll shape us to be your people. And I ask so this it in is Jesus' right. name. Amen. So back in the summer of 2005, um, the, anybody ever been to the London Zoo? Anybody ever had the privilege of going to the London Zoo? For you have a so back in 2005, the good people at the London Zoo did a very unusual four-day exhibit. Favor uh, they put um, well, eight well, human beings, each of whom had won an online contest. They put eight human beings in a cage and at the London Zoo, and, and they the put a sign out front, news. and the sign said, warning, human beings in their natural environment. And, and then they also put out in front of this, they put an actual sign, the same Christ. kind of sign you always see in front of all the, the informational sign you see always in front of the animals. The sign more more explained the typical diet of you these homo sapien creatures. It explained um, their habitat. It explained the threats that they have, and they explained matters. its worldwide distribution. And the so point that, that the London Zoo, of course, was making, the London Zoo was trying to teach zoo visitors that we human beings are just another primate. Oh, that's the words that were actually used. Uh, Polly Wills, who is the Christ zoo curator, Jesus. the zoo zookeeper, um, that's what she said exactly, that human beings are just another primate. Although there is a ton of stuff. One of the volunteers, one of the eight people who signed up for this, who was in the cage, he agreed with that assessment that we're just another primate. In fact, that's why he said he volunteered. He said, when we see that humans are just animals, it reminds us that we are not that special. He said, whenever I pray... 
Now, because the zoo believes that humans aren't that special, that we're just another primate, the zoo decided to treat these eight human beings exactly like they treated every other animal. These human beings, for the four days they were there, they had to get their food from the zookeepers. They had to get their drink from the zookeepers. The zookeepers gave them various games to play during the day in order to minimize the boredom, which is what they do to all the animals, try to give them things that will keep them active and minimize the boredom. And they put these human beings in a zoo to just on the other side of a moat and a fence so that these eight human beings couldn't escape even if they wanted to. Just so another primate, we settled on the idea not that special. And every year we begin our year. However, every single year we begin our I year. I know that the zoo officials did not believe a word of it. To become partners they thought they the believed that, but I they did not. Partner cards from Horizon that I've because at the end the of the day they betrayed their own thinking because when they well. were asked the question they responded board above yes the side of my desk these eight my volunteers are allowed is. to go to their and homes at night in Horizon in the same way you are and I've thought about this why I like well the why not allow so much. all of the other Maybe animals to go to their homes to at night. The Wyoming. What makes these eight of the zoo's creatures so special that they are allowed to go home? But I love the image of partnership. Just another problem. Now, if we were speaking not that special, like Paul, so whatever happened to the image of God, you would know that Paul. That's what our theme has been for a few weeks and will be for two more. Who am a really I? significant word for the word partnership. What does it mean to bear the, the image of koinonia, God? Which probably doesn't mean a whole lot to all of you, but, but this some is of the you world we live in right now. I've heard this word before, koinonia. And the idea it, that the we are made in the image of God to most of our world is a laughable idea. As in, let's meet just another primate, in the basement fellowship hall special. and have a pot potluck dinner. So what happened to the image of God? But the word means a whole lot more than Are just we being still friendly with image each other bearers. and sitting around a table. That word literally means to be drawn Well, biblically, the short answer is yes, we still bear the image of God. In and Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, which is long after the fall of humankind of and after the devastation of Noah's flood, Church there is, really a, is a verse a in Scripture where God affirms the it's sacredness of life even after the and fall. To my so core, yes, according to Scripture, we still are image I bearers. That you, but all you have to do is look around to realize that something bad has happened to the image resource. of God in us. You are what makes horizon. So is it hidden? You are. Was it spoiled by layers of sin? But do you know how many people it takes to make this? So possible? how does the Bible describe what has Obviously, happened to the image of God in us? Who are busy every Sunday making sure that everything works. Now to understand every this, year, what Scripture says about the image of God in us, hours, we need to do kind of a, uh, a before this past year and an been after picture. Challenging for our so let me give you a little bit of uh, information. And let me give Stephen you a couple Hingle, glimpses into life this service, but I before the fall of humankind. Stephen Hankel deserves so If much you back up um, before the fall of humankind, you'll find in Genesis chapter 1, 
verses 28 and 29, and then there are you will find that there is a blessing a on human beings. And let me read it. And if you're in your Bibles, follow along. Um, it'll benefit you to, to see some things. This is the blessing that, that, is, that is given to human beings immediately after their creation in Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. Then God said, nothing to do. God blessed them, and he said, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and govern it, workers. reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals COVID that scurry along the ground. To do an outside then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant right throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your pick, food. Our kids program meeting again. Now, in, in the interest of time, and uh, uh, I will Andy tell you that I'm really going to move and his through a lot this morning, I want to point out very quickly that that blessing of God on these human beings involves at least these three things. It involves, first of all, fruitfulness. God said he blessed them and he said be fruitful. So the blessing involves fruitfulness. They will have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. The blessing also involves good, meaningful work. They are made to be stewards of God and taking care of God's creation. Good work in a good world with a good boss. And then thirdly, the blessing involves abundance. There is no lack of food. Every need that they have will be met. So that's the blessing. Fruitfulness, good work, and abundance. And then secondly, before the fall, there are relationships. Now, obviously, what we know is that these two human beings enjoyed this unhindered relationship with God. They got to walk and talk with God in the garden. But more importantly, for our, what we're going to talk about, there's a relationship that these two human beings enjoyed with each other. Immediately men, men after Adam is introduced to Eve, the Bible describes the relationship this way. It explains this. This is why a man leaves his father and mother. Genesis chapter 2, 24 and 25. I'll tell you, sorry. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother, is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. That's a picture of an idyllic One relationship, oneness, will greet us in heaven. perfect love, perfect Stays intimacy, and totally well, lacking in shame between each other. Back. So there's a blessing there's a team of people that involves, pick um, up I forget what it involves, but hopefully you remember, it's in my notes somewhere. There's a blessing, team of people um, there's a relationship, houses and then and thirdly, uh, there is the place, and then there's Joanne. There's the garden. In Genesis, it says this, gifted with a woman Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. And on, and on. Now, I think it's important for you to understand, kind of just as an aside, you know, that the garden is not the entire world. I introduced myself the garden is a place in the world. Said, oh, I know someone who knows And you. this garden is perfectly made for human beings in church. whom God delights. And there in this garden, there is this tree that gives life. Ridiculous phrase than that. In other words, human beings are and not made to be to immortal. There is the possibility of unending life, but by themselves, without access to the tree, human beings be. do not enjoy unending life. Thank God. So that's the picture pre-fall. The blessing, Thank idyllic God. relationships, and this gorgeous place. So whenever I pray. Now, there is a Hebrew word I that describes this picture, this picture of, of the joy. blessing, the relationships in the place, and the Hebrew word is shalom. 
And if you know the word shalom, you know that there's a very simple kindergarten Second definition of image. this word. We will often say that confidence. the word shalom means peace, but it As means so much more than that. I am it means so much more than God just who peace. Began the, good work in you the word shalom means the world it as it should be. Returns. You want I don't for know absolutely you know nothing. The story of how Paul shalom means eternal autumn. Church. It's a Without a even a mosquito bite to spoil story. the breeze. Again, it's not even a fly that lands on your bread. The short version is Shalom scripturally is one moment after another, after another, after another, that can never get any better than the last and with absolutely no fear that will ever get worse. That's Shalom. Paul attributed so the picture pre-fall involves blessing, and then that night it involves when Paul didn't idyllic relationships, and involves night, the garden. Sleeping, That's the before. Had a Shalom of a man who was standing Now, on the in the other before, there is also a warning from God to human over, beings, and the warning is this: Genesis chapter two, verses sixteen and seventeen. Paul believed that that was. God's but the Lord God warned him, Adam, you may freely eat the fruit the of every tree of in the garden, spread farther than it had except ever been the knowledge of the tree of good and so evil. Knowing the story, except I the tree of the knowledge of good and why evil. Paul believed what if he you said, eat its fruit, that he had you are sure to die. That God who had started. Now, because this warning is going to be really important, what we're going to talk about, I want to unpack this warning a bit. First of all, um, first of all, I the apple. Set out to start a church. How many of you have this image of Eve eating an apple? In an entirely okay. different so where do we get the apple? Because um, I would say that for w- when I read it, when we read scripture, the apple's never mentioned, right? So where does the apple come I from? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the, the easiest answer I am going to give you all morning. It's, it's going to get harder from here on out. But here's the easy answer where the apple comes from. In the Latin, in the ancient Latin, the word for evil is malice. And you can see some of our English words in that word. The word for evil is malice. But in Latin, the word for apple tree is malus. And that same exact spelling, just a long A. And many, many, many centuries ago, some Latin priest made a pun so when a friend and it learned that I was thinking of starting a church because in, in Latin the title said, of the tree of is the knowledge of good and evil malice but some Latin priest exchanged it for malus as a pun the knowledge of the tree of apples and it has stuck and so Eve has been taking a bite out of an well, apple stop ever him. since so he said well let's have breakfast now I told you that was an I easy answer I just got a bonus at work it's going to get and I want to tie it to your church so you can start so what about this tree well, in the world that I am familiar with what is this knowledge literally of good and okay. evil all about so the tithe of a bonus well first of all that I don't mean to insult your intelligence but first of all it's knowledge between 50 and 100 bucks it's the ability to know something and but we'll discover that it's the ability to know something to that no God knows. Even for a hundred bucks. So I these two sure human beings breakfast. don't yet know what At God knows. He wrote so first of all, this is a tree about knowledge. And secondly, this is called a merism. Well, a now a merism a is something that 
And it was a time. You use, we all do this, we use two opposite things in order to describe everything that's in between those things. I can't find if I told to you, for example, that. that if I that I lost my car keys and I have looked everywhere God, for them, I might say to you, I lost my keys and I have While searched we were still sitting at high that same friend, friend said, what are you doing about an office? And that's a murism. My basement. When we say high and low and we mean we everything in between, and we opened up horizon west that's what a murism is. And this is a murism. The knowledge of good anyway, he said, and what evil. About an office? I said, my basement. And it said, means the knowledge of good and, and evil and everything in between. I said, no, we don't have So that. to say that Adam and Eve did not have knowledge of good and evil and means that we're talking about a category of knowledge about which they yeah, know they nothing. In other I words, they do not yet right now have knowledge of morality, that new churches of ethics. Need horses. So let me show you something that I think is going to help us with this to understand this and wrap but our I brains around it. You don't have to go here. But in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 39, there's a verse in which Our Moses is talking to the Israelites. They're just yet. about to cross the Jordan River and inherit the promised land. And Moses is saying to, to the Israelites, he's saying, he's quoting God, where God is saying, I will give this land to your little ones. My Bible translation, and some of yours, says it this way, I will give this, I will give so this land to your little ones, your innocent children. However... That Hebrew word, innocent children, is this phrase from Genesis. Now, the truth is, Paul the was phrase, the knowledge of good and evil. Accounts. He was talking about. So, what literally, God what God people. is saying is, I will give this land to your little children, your children and who course, yet have no knowledge of good and evil. Horizon has benefited. So do you understand that there's this category of knowledge that our littlest children do not yet possess? People get hurt. When two-year-old Tucker so I understand goes to Paul preschool and he sees one of his, his little friends playing with a Paul toy horse and Tucker like wants it, the least he just walks over and takes it because he has no knowledge of stealing. I get that. And when Tucker has this little horse and his little friend comes over to take it back and the teacher says to but Tucker, to Tucker, you to need to share. Tucker has no knowledge, no understanding that sharing fits in this moral category of goodness. And Tucker has no understanding that stealing fits in this moral category called badness. He stopped at the sidewalk. Now, Tucker knows that there the are times when mommy and daddy say no to things, which as an aside, in. we all know that Grammy and Papa never say no to things, God but that's another story. But Tucker day. knows know that no exists. That he knows that mommy and daddy sometimes say and no, but what Tucker thinks about God that word no is he doesn't think that it's about that morals. Way. He doesn't think it's about we'll right continue. and wrong. He just knows that there's something that mommy and daddy don't want I me to do, and if I do it and get yelled at, I feel badly. For Tucker, this isn't about morals. He does not yet understand that there are things to do that are actually bad and that there are things to do that are actually good. He does not yet have knowledge of this whole category of knowledge called good and evil and everything in between. 
that's the very best way for, under, for us to understand what's being described for Adam and Eve right here. They know, they understand that there is a no in the garden. No to that tree. But they do not yet know this whole category of knowledge called good and evil and I everything gave her in between. About where we're located. I told her to now that's the, the warning. Lot where the red doors are, and I don't eat from that tree the of the knowledge of and good and evil. Up the steps. Now all of that that I described friend. is the before about walking into a church and meeting people she didn't know. The blessing, and then having to ask the for relationships, help, the garden. So because I knew she was so scared, and I sat in my office watching the security now, cameras. So that when she Let's move on arrived, to the temptation, to the specific temptation. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. I read it, but I'll read it again. This section briefly. Arrived, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the and tree in the middle I of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened. Well, it turns as soon out it as you eat it, I was expecting. Somehow, and you will be like she God, misunderstood my instructions, knowing up the steps, and she both good and evil. And she ran face to face. Now, if we had the time, um, we could uh, we could make all kinds of noise uh, about how the serpent twists totally words and how he twists meanings. We could talk briefly about how Eve actually does the same thing, but we don't have the time for that. So we're going to dive right into the specific moment of temptation. It's verse 4 in what I read for you. When the serpent says to Eve, you won't die. God hasn't given. God knows that your eyes will be opened, and it turns you will out that be she like God, knowing both good and evil. Just for a gift card. Now this is so so important. What she didn't know is that God had an almost everything that the serpent she says didn't know it when she woke up is actually true. What God did, except and for the very first statement, that God. Everything else is actually true. We'll continue it. It's the first phrase that isn't when he says, you like won't Paul, die. All now, of my confidence depending on the Bible that you're looking at, you will see that in a lot of our Bibles, there's the word surely never let me or the word certainly inserted so in there. You will not surely die or you will not God certainly die. And what the serpent is suggesting you, is that this so-called death that Eve is afraid of is really not a day. certain threat for her. So let me try to put into English exactly what it is that the serpent is saying to her. As in, what he's so saying is, right, look, don't think that death is such an immediate threat. You have a special place God only heart. said that to discourage you from and gaining you know. the wonder How could this you know. tree has to offer. You really have nothing to you know, worry there's about. There's no other letter in the New Testament and everything like to gain. This letter from Paul. That's the gist. That's the meaning no other letter that is of what the serpent says. Now, there are some and then the serpent says Paul's two things that are actually true. In his letter to Philemon, very he says, letters. your eyes will be open. But there are no other letters to churches and it's that actually are quite true. as personal as this one. 
skip ahead to and verse 7 if you're looking at your Bibles. This is the moment before. immediately after they both took a bite. And there was a need in the church in Thessalonica. In that moment, we don't know what the need was, but their eyes had a particular were open. And they suddenly church, felt the shame at their nakedness. That sent help so they sold fig leaves together to cover church. themselves. What the serpent said, your eyes will be opened. When there was a famine and some horrific poverty in Jerusalem. And then the serpent also said, you will be like God. And they sent knowing both good and evil people that they had never met. So the moment when that Paul they was ate, thrown in prison, what did the two gain? He's writing from prison. Knowledge. The Philippians heard about the fact they that both Paul was suddenly in knew they that they were naked, one of their own. Which is why, when you read a this story in verse eleven, God asks a very interesting question: Who told you that you were naked? And they said, "Go be with." In other words, what God is saying is, "Where did you get this knowledge that you now have? Where did you get this knowledge?" And God knows the only explanation is this: Did you eat from the tree? And you do. How could you and then there's more about this truth that this serpent speaks. Skip ahead to verse 22 again, Once, if you're, if you're looking ago, at your, at your Bible. This is kind of a while down the road, but this is what flock. God says about what but they've done. Then the Lord God the said, look, human beings have become like us, one family, knowing here. both good and evil. Got me a flying lesson. So the serpent actually spoke truth. He lied about I the consequences, fly, small but he told them the plane. truth. Over my house, your eyes will be open. Fly down. You will be like God. Look at my old house. Knowing both good and evil. Fly to Green Lane. Fly to Quaker. Now some comments. Bethlehem and home, and it was amazing. If you start processing this, one time in a church, think about this. Number one, a lifelong dream of skydiving. It cannot be a bad thing to jump out of an airplane to become like God. And I proudly still display my Because do you remember that is exactly the definition that God set out to accomplish when he made a man and a woman. In 2010, he said, let us make humans in our image. I was sitting with a young man who would someday become like my son-in-law, Dan Martin, and another friend from Horizon, Phil Yetter. So it can't be a bad thing. We decided at to that be like Gorsman's banquet that we should make a. Secondly, this a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this tree in itself cannot in be country, an evil tree. Living out of backpacks and hunting Because God made it and put it we there. We knew it was going to be expensive. Right? We estimated. So in itself, it can't be evil. Bucks. And thirdly, this knowledge of good and evil, that knowledge cannot be by itself a bad thing because it's knowledge that God has. So it can't be bad. Dining room tables and sold them online. So where's the problem? Pay for it. And then, truthfully, this has been debated for millennia. And this is the first time I'll tell you, you this said, morning. There will be another, but this is the first time I tell you. We got to I don't move know. the whole trip up a year, 2012. And in 2012, I'm not sure I can give you a satisfactory answer, but here's a suggestion. Stick a with me on this. <laughs> Do you know that when we get to the New Testament, there are several times when since. Jesus is in called fact, Dan, the new to my daughter, Adam? She said yes. Or the second Adam. Years later, they ended up moving out. Or the final Adam. 
since then. You it happened several times in the New Testament where several times. Paul or New Testament writers compare Adam of you out there with from me. whom we get sin and death it's with not Jesus things from like whom we get with. salvation and life. I have eaten. I don't have time to go here, but you can go home and read Romans chapter 5 or 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Two chapters where that comparison is made several times. Where Paul compares Adam with Jesus, the new Adam. To this day, I get to make From Adam, we get sin and death. From Jesus, we get salvation and life. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, Paul will say, outright he will say jesus is the new or depending on your bible the ultimate or the final adam so hold that thought for just a minute that jesus is the new or second adam now in the same way that adam the first faced a temptation at his very beginning the horrific tragedy so did jesus the second Adam. Don and I the gospel the writers Friday tell us that immediately after his Saturday, baptism, right before his ministry got started, phone, Jesus, the, the second Adam, was driven into the wilderness to be tempted, hoping. That now, one of those temptations was this. Satan said to Jesus, business partner I will give you all the kingdoms of the world if you will there. simply bow the knee to me. Finally, on Saturday afternoon, Mark's body is... Now, to understand that temptation, you need to know that Jesus really was being offered all the kingdoms of the world. Scripture teaches us over and over and over that someday Jesus will have all the kingdoms of the world. It tells us, for example, in Philippians that there will come a day when every single knee will bow and every single tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And those of us who are studying Ephesians right now in the Bible study on Wednesday night, we know that according to what we read just this past Wednesday in Ephesians chapter 1, we know that Scripture teaches that God has this plan, and part of His plan is that God is planning to give everything in creation, every single kingdom to Jesus, and everything in creation will be someday under the authority of Jesus. So it is true that Jesus is going to be offered all the kingdoms of the world. Satan was not offering Jesus something that was bad or something that was a false thing. The final image from Paul's letter. But the how. An image of growth. And the timing. As in. Was entirely wrong. I pray that your love. The how meant bending a knee to Satan, growing in knowledge, and the timing meant that Jesus so would have to cut out all of the suffering matters. that would ultimately so that lead Jesus to glory. Until the day of Christ's return. So do you understand that May for Jesus, who is the, the second the Adam, the, righteous character the temptation that he experienced Christ, at his beginning where this will bring much involved glory, a good thing, praise to God. Wasn't a bad thing. It was a thing that would eventually belong to him and a thing that he rightly deserved. But for Jesus, the how and the timing 
was it always was. Paul's imprisonment and ungodly would be fatal and sinful. Paul would not get out alive. And there are people, sometimes well, myself included, sometimes letter, we read this story about Adam and Eve and a fruit, and some people think, well, you know, God has really overreacted here. So I One little bite you. and suddenly we have death. I pray for you that you but it isn't the bite. understand what really It's the matters. how and the timing. Jesus does. It's two human beings who decide Jesus that they want to be matters. independent from God. They no longer want to bow the knee to God and anymore. And, and they want growing. what they want and they want it now. And they gain their independence from God. Absolutely they do. But when they gain their independence, they also lose their freedom. my first church, and it's a disaster, many, many years ago. And how many children every single year around our world are there? How many children every year who want to be independent from mom and dad? And so they run away. Sadie. And they gain their independence. Katie. Only to discover However, among all that they are now more Dutch deeply enslaved than ever to pimps and traffickers. About my age, they've gained their independence, but they've lost their freedom. Cookie was married. They had a daughter named and so Jamie. So did at the these time two. Jamie was young. I Adam did not know Cookie. I did not know Jamie. They didn't come gaining to independence from God, but entirely Mom losing did. their freedom and their grandma. So let's look at what they lost. Let's One go day, back to the consequences. The after. Cookie, my daughter, call you. She's in trouble. Now, the first Before consequence is to the serpent. And the serpent okay, is cursed directly. Even though the serpent is cursed. But for the sake and of we time, we're going to have to skip over him entirely. And sitting at her kitchen Let's go to the man and the woman. Cookie gave her life to Now, Jesus neither Christ. Adam nor Eve she was the first are cursed directly as is the server said yes to jesus but to understand the consequences that they experienced we're going to have to go back to the before picture to the blessing of sitting at cookies remember what the blessing was and she gave her life the blessing was fruitfulness pretty soon good work cookie was coming to a man church in adamstown Let's deal with these one she at a time. Daughter, Jamie. Let's Jamie deal with the issue of, of fruitfulness. First members of a little I read Sunday this earlier. I hope you remember it. When God spoke to Today, Eve many about her later, fruitfulness, he said to her, church. your fruitfulness Jamie's now will now come with pain. With, kids. with pain, you will around. conceive and bear children. Most of that Secondly, let's look at work. God said to Adam, the ground is now Christmas cursed because of you. Now get this, if you have your Bibles open, look at verse 17. Literally, verse 17 says this to Adam. Because of that Christmas card, get to watch. You will scratch a living from the ground. That word pain is exactly the same as the word that got used for Eve. In pain, she will be fruitful. And in pain... Adam Sorry, will make a living. Writing is so shaky. Pain has now invaded the blessing. Third, abundance. I hope to live long enough. The to blessing get of abundance. God said, "The ground will grow and thorns and thistles for you. By the sweat of your brow, you will now have will food to eat." Abundance, because what suddenly has here. frustration attached to it, matters. 
But do you understand that the blessings are still there? None of the things from the blessing have gone away, but they will be experienced through pain and and frustration. That's the blessing still present. What really matters? But pain and frustration have invaded. Jesus does. Secondly, remember that pre-fall there were relationships we have because of the two adam and eve enjoyed a kind of mysterious oneness and this complete absence of shame but we already know that their eyes were opened and they knew they were naked and and now they're ashamed but there's more and understanding they're no longer one i want you to understand what remember god said to eve you'll attempt to dominate your husband but he will rule over you now this is not a prescription for a healthy marriage be filled with the fruit of your salvation it's the consequence of seeking independence character produced in losing our freedom Jesus Christ our relationships this will truly bring much glory now come with struggle and they break and they fracture and fall apart I truly do love you all and then finally there's the garden this place of Shalom Verse 22, the Lord God said, look, human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. I thank you, God, for So the Lord God banished them from the garden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he'd been made. That you continue to begin a good work in the land. Gone is the the garden. And God, it's because you began it. Gone is shalom. You will finish it. Hidden is the tree. God, I thank you for the At hope least until that Revelation we have 22 and the new heaven Christ. and the new earth. But for now, thank you, God. Gone is shalom for the fact that we in pain we hides the blessing. We'll go on in frustration lives on our labor. And on in striving forever. will we work, will we eat, and with great struggle will we name. love. Amen. Now I told you that there was going to be another I don't know. Here is the second. People sometimes ask me, and Donna and I sometimes talk about this. People will say, well, do you think that this is true? Or is this a story? Is it a parable? Was there a real Adam and Eve and a real talking serpent and a real tree in a real garden? Or is this some kind of a parable meant to tell us truth? I don't know. I wish I did. But before you start sending me emails, and let me just say I'm always happy to have conversations, but I must tell right now, if you start telling me, sending me emails, I don't care what you think. And if that sounds rude, it's not meant to be. It's just that my own concern is not figuring out what you think or what I think. My own concern is, what does the Bible mean this to be? That's what I'm after, and I don't know. But I do know this, and so do you, and so does every living human being with any sense at all. I know that something happened long ago 
Something went wrong in the dim and distant past. This is more than a myth. It's more than a fable. It has to be. There's an old movie back from 1991 called The Grand Canyon starring a young Danny Glover and a young Kevin Kline. If you can still get it on Netflix, you should get it. You should watch it. It is one of the most deeply theological scenes that I have ever seen in a movie. I know if you've been to Horizon, you've probably heard me talk about this before. In this movie, Kevin Kline plays a wealthy immigration attorney who leaves a pro basketball game and he tries to avoid a traffic jam by taking another turn, another road, and it's a mistake. The road he's on takes him into a part of the city where there are fewer and fewer working street lights and more and more deserted homes. And in that part of the city, his car dies. He calls a tow truck driver, but before the tow truck driver arrives, almost instantly, his expensive BMW is surrounded by teenagers with expensive guns and wearing expensive sneakers. And it looks bad. This man just might die. And then the tow truck driver arrives. The tow truck driver is played by Danny Glover. And ignoring the threat of these teenagers with gun, Danny Glover starts to just hook up the car that Kevin Klein is in until the teenagers start shoving guns in his face. And Danny Glover gives a speech to the leading gunman that tells us what you all know from Genesis chapter 3. Danny Glover says, Man, this world ain't supposed to work like this. Maybe you don't know that, but this ain't the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be able to do my job without asking you if I can. And that dude is supposed to be able to wait with his car without you ripping him off. Everything is supposed to be different than what it is here. Everything's supposed to be different than what it is here. Is there anyone alive with sense who doesn't know that that's true? Look around. Everything's supposed to be different than what it is here. Which means, of course, that goodness is older than sin. Goodness came first. Which is why, of course, there still lives in human beings a longing for good, a longing to be good. And that longing to be good lives right there, hiding right behind the image of God in you and me that is still there. A longing for good. A longing to be good. 
And that longing to be good is why there are now GoFundMe pages and why soup kitchens exist and why the Special Olympics exist and why Doctors Without Borders exist. It's why we march for change in our world. It's why we adopt children. It's why we give to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. It's why Martin Luther King had a dream. It's why we preserve national parks for our children and our grandchildren. It's why we're going to pack school supplies and why we pack bank blankets and coats. It's why we're going to pack Christmas shoe boxes for children around the world through Samaritan's Purse. It's why Samaritan's Purse flies children all the time from all around the world to our country so that little boys and girls who could not get surgeries in their country can get them here. It's why we work with an orphanage in Ghana that brings freedom to children who were once slaves. It's why we put change in Salvation Army buckets at Christmas time. It's why Habitat for Humanity builds homes. It's why we have pictures of our compassion kids in our refrigerators. Because you know, and I know, that everything is supposed to be different than what it is here. And it's why we know that goodness is older than sin. And it's why we know that goodness came first. The image of God is still here, hiding right there between and hiding behind our longing to be good. It has not gone away. It is there. But what about God? These two human beings expelled from the garden, is God done with them? Does God have a plan for his image in us? Well, just before these two human beings are driven from the garden, God does a strange thing. He makes them clothing. He himself dresses them. Sinners, though they are, they are his sinners. And he will still be their God, lost as they are about to be. And I suspect God is not done with them yet. After all, we're only on page three. So let's pray. God, this world is so clearly not the place it's meant to be. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Horizon Church, please go to the website at horizonconnect.org. Have a great week.